Welcome to the Innovation Engine Podcast. Since 2014, we've been bringing you conversations with some of the world's leading authorities on innovation. Topics we cover include technology, culture, leadership, and more. Coming to you from Three Pillar Global Studio in Fairfax, Virginia, here's your host, Will Sherlin. Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be looking at the art of the pivot. How to know when it's time to move your team or company in a different direction. What a company called Meet Edgar is doing to help its customers get more from social media. And how to manage culture in a company where the workforce is largely remote. Here with us today to talk about all that and more is Laura Roeder, the founder of Edgar, a new social media automation tool designed to prevent updates from going to waste. Since 2009, she's been teaching entrepreneurs how to harness the power of social media marketing and create their own fame at LKR Social Media. Laura was named one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under 35 in 2011, 2013, and 2014, and she's spoken at the White House about the value of entrepreneurship. In addition, Laura has spoken at numerous influential industry conferences, including Blog World, the South by Southwest Interactive Conference, Real Estate Connect, the Social Communication Summit, and BlogHer, discussing online marketing, social media, and personal branding. She's been seen on Fox News, Forbes.com, CNET, The Los Angeles Times, Fast Company, Mashable, Yahoo Finance, and many more influential publications and media channels. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Hey, Will. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. So let me start off today's episode by asking you to share a little bit of your, of your career arc with listeners, because it's a fascinating story. How did you make your first big pivot and go from junior designer to CEO? Yeah, well, it took more than one, uh, <laughs> more than one big pivot to, uh, <laughs> to make it that far. Um, so yeah, the, the highest uh, career title I've had at a job was junior designer. That was my first job out of college. Uh, I worked that job for about a year before I quit to work on my own, and, and I haven't looked back since. So I started off as a freelance web and print designer. Uh, that moved into social media marketing consulting, which moved into a productized training business. And in 2014, I launched uh, my first software business, which is a social media repurposing and automation tool called Meet Edgar. Okay, nice. And for listeners that may not be familiar with Meet Edgar, how do you describe what it allows users to do? So Edgar allows you to get a lot more traffic to your previous content. Uh, Most people who write blogs or create podcasts or whatever your type of content is, uh, send it out once on social or maybe a few times that first week when it's new, and then never again. <laughs> it's just sort of it's just sort of dead after that. Uh, but you created a lot of time and energy. You put a lot of time and energy into creating these blog posts. You know you want to keep driving traffic to them for years to come. So that's what Edgar does automatically. So with Edgar, you create a categorized, organized library of all your content. Like here's all my old blog posts, and then Edgar cycles through them for you on autopilot. So you don't have to keep refilling your queue or rescheduling every post. You just say, okay, Edgar, send out one of my evergreen blog posts 
you know, every weekday morning to my Twitter and Facebook account, and then he just pulls them and does that for you. Okay. And, and before Meet Edgar, you were running a thriving web development and social media consulting business. And at some point you decided to fire all of your clients and put all your eggs into the Meet Edgar basket. How, how do clients take that kind of news when you deliver it to them that you're kind of totally changing directions and going off and doing something different than what you'd previously been doing successfully? Yeah, well, that's actually not exactly how it happened. That um, that transition was from moving to web design, from web design to social media, okay. uh, which was which was years before Meet Edgar. So yeah, I was I was doing design work, and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. It just wasn't a business that I wanted to be in. So I did at that point fire all my clients so I can move to the social media world, uh, including one client who was paying me the same amount as I used to make from my old salary, you know, from, from just one client. And I knew that they would be the hardest <laughs> to get rid of. I knew that they would come back and say, we can pay you a lot more and just do a few hours of work for us. Uh, and I decided for me that I really had to draw a really hard line in the sand because I knew I wasn't going to be able to build the new business that I wanted to build without letting go of that crutch of design clients because then I would just still be stuck in the same design business that I, did, I didn't want to have anymore. And, and how do you manage that kind of change within, within the company? Well, so at that time, there, there was no company. Okay. Um, it was just me. You know, I, I then did also move from my uh, training business to a software business, but that was, that was different. That was a transition. It wasn't a shut down one uh, and start the other. Right. The plan was that our company would do both training and software but basically, Edgar just uh, was so successful, and I also just really enjoyed the software business that uh, we decided to phase out the training business and and just do software. Okay, gotcha. And and by the time this episode goes live in early October, a pretty substantial change with Edgar will be rolled out with your pricing model. So a monthly subscription is going to go from forty nine dollars a month to seventy nine dollars a month. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not the kind of decision that you make lightly. Can you give listeners a sense of what kinds of things you're considering when you make a big decision like that? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we have been around for about two and a half years now, and we were still operating from our our launch pricing. Uh, so it started to feel like you know <laughs> it's time it's time to make a change. It's time to raise the prices. And in my mind, the way I look at these things is always kind of what's the best and worst case scenario. So uh, the best case scenario for us is, you know, our conversion rate stays the same um, and the company becomes, uh, you know, a lot more profitable and generates more revenue, uh, keeps on growing at the same pace. Uh, Obviously, that would be great. And to kind of hedge uh, in case, you know, the price increase was a little scary to prospects, what we decided to do is create a heavily discounted yearly plan so you can get the equivalent of the old price. So on our new pricing, it's the equivalent of forty nine a month for the yearly plan. So you still have a way uh, to lock in that lower price if that you know if that price is is better for you and you want to pay yearly. So that was a way for us that we could kind of make this big jump, um, but still make it a bit of an easier transition for customers. I mean, all of our existing customers are getting grandfathered in at the at the launch pricing, so this there's no problem for them. And in addition to those kind of big picture pivots that you're making, I'm sure they're kind of pivots within the product going on as well. So just out of curiosity, how often are you making changes to the actual features or functionality of the Meet Edgar tool? 
So it's interesting for us because we uh, deploy, meaning you know we make some sort of change to the tool, um, just about every day. You know, minimum like three times a week, um, we're making something live within the tool. But our customers often don't know that that's happening uh, because it's uh, improvements with the infrastructure to make Edgar run faster, or it's bug fixes, or we're improving the interface a lot. You know, with little tweaks to make things easier based on uh, feedback that we've gotten from customer, you know, whenever a customer's like, how do you do this? Or I don't understand how to do that. That's always good feedback that our, um, that our interface could be improved. So a lot of small changes are happening, um, you know, literally just about every day. And big changes we're very, very careful about. So something that's unique about Meet Edgar is we're very focused on doing one thing really well. So what we do really well is repurpose content. We're the only tool where you can put in a library of content and it, and it repeats in perpetuity without you having to, to go in and do anything. That's our really unique advantage. So while we see some other tools becoming uh, kind of all-in-one tools where they do a little bit of everything, we, don't, we really don't want to do a little bit of everything. We want to do uh, one thing, the results we can deliver are getting more traffic to your site from social exceptionally well. So instead of adding a lot of features, we're more focused on improving uh, what we have. Like we have a RSS input uh, which is a really easy way to get all your content into Edgar. And so lately we've been doing a lot of work improving that interface, uh, making it easier, you know, making sure it's pulling all people's content, that kind of stuff. So it doesn't look from the outside like a huge change, but now RSS works a lot better. And, and what does your product team look like? And also out of curiosity, knowing that you have some kind of background in the business, I guess, how close are you to those kind of day-to-day -day decisions? Yeah, so our team is... Um, 19 people now. We're, we're hiring a lot right now. So I'm always like, what? <laughs> what is it today? Um, I think we're 19 now. And so that's a mix of um, developers, uh, customer service, uh, operations, and marketing. Um, I am not involved in the day-to-day -day decisions of the business, perhaps surprisingly. Uh, I really act as kind of a, a coach for our leadership team. Um, and I'm kind of looking at the, the bigger direction for the business and the big vision and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, their decisions don't need to be run by me or anything like that. Yeah. And the, the team is completely remote, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So is, yeah. is there anything that you're in the habit of doing as the founder and CEO to help breed a specific kind of company culture? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting being um, being remote because the culture stuff you have to approach in a, in a kind of unique way. So we have no office at all, no kind of headquarters. Um, we are all in North America, so we don't have the kind of remote company where people are working all across the world in different time zones. So we do all work together during the workday uh, just from our own computers. So I think that's one thing that really helps make the culture stuff a lot easier because we are working live together. Um, something that I do is kind of make rounds in different department meetings because a weird thing about being remote is a lot of people don't have a chance to interact. You know, if we were in person, we're a small company, right? People would be having coffee together, lunch together. But because we're remote, a copywriter and a, you know, a QA person might, will likely have no opportunity to work together at all. Um, they might, you know, have a, a chat in our general Slack room, but that's, that's kind of it. So, uh, and it's the same for me. You know, I'm working with our leadership team. I don't really have an opportunity to work with a lot of people at our company. So uh, our teams will have Monday planning meetings, Friday retrospectives, and, and most of them have daily stand-ups as well. So something that I'll do is just kind of make the rounds of, of those meetings kind of popping in on different meetings so to stay connected to what's going on and, 
and at least get to see on video chat, you know, have a little chance to interact with more people on the team. Yeah. And, and it sounds like all of your teams or departments kind of work in an agile methodology. I hear you using phrases that are common to uh, what we do here at Three Pillar a little bit. Yeah. You know, we actually, we're not, we're not like, um, I think we're inspired by agile. We don't mm-hmm. do, um, we don't do sprints and we don't do, we do like continuous deployment and sort of like a two week period. But, um, yeah, but there's a lot of things, obviously you're right, that we've taken from agile that we find really useful, um, beyond our, our development team as well. Sure. And, uh, and there's a sentence in your bio on the business of software website. It's a conference that you spoke at recently and I, I love the sentence bootstrapped, profitable, growing rapidly. So okay. how rapidly have you grown in the last two years and where are you hoping to be over say the next two years? Yeah. So, I mean, in the last two years, so we're at, um, not quite two and a half years, you know, right now. Uh, and we've gone from zero to 3.5 million annual reoccurring revenue. Uh, so that's pretty fast, not, not as fast as, um, Uber, but (laughs) (laughs) faster than many. Um, so yeah, I mean, our goal for the next few years, I mean, we're looking towards being a, um, a $10 million company, uh, and staying in the small business space. You know, we love small business. We don't, you'll notice I didn't say sales when I listed the departments, we don't have, um, any kind of sales team. We don't have any enterprise clients. We're not doing anything custom for anyone. And, and we really love that way of operating. Yeah. And so you're basically looking to, um, provide services for individual users, right? Not for, not for companies specifically. Yeah. I mean, our users are businesses, um, but many of them are, are one person businesses and you know, the vast majority, if they're not one person are like less than, less than five. So those are the types of people and businesses that we're serving. A, A coworker of mine, Jessica Hall recently saw you speak at that conference that I referenced earlier in Boston. Uh, and she emailed me from the conference and said something to the effect of, I'm watching Laura Roeder. She has a great story and loves giving talks and doing podcasts. So <laughs> as a podcast host, I, of course, have to be a podcast lover. What do you like about doing podcast interviews and giving talks? Yeah, I mean, podcasts are awesome because it's like speaking, but you can do it from the comfort of your own home, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, without without all the travel and stuff. Um, it's fine. You know, it's like I get to kind of meet you. I get to kind of know you a little bit when I do a podcast. Um, and podcasts are such a great way to promote the business as well. Um, actually, a business of software, someone came up to me and told me they uh, heard me on the, um, the ThoughtBot podcast, which that one is usually more about programming and, and I'm not a programmer. So before I went on, I was like, don't ask me any programming questions. It'll be, it'll be really embarrassing. Um, and, but someone at business of software who was a programmer was like, Oh, I heard you on that one. And then we started using meet Edgar in our company. So another cool thing about podcasts is they really allow you to, you know, kind of virtually travel to a lot of different spaces and communities that maybe you don't normally hang out in. Yeah. And what was the crux of your talk to the business of software audience? Uh, it was actually about the trend, kind of like what we were speaking earlier about the transition from one type of business to another, um, in my case, a, a training business to software business. Okay, nice. And I know that Jesse from Meet Edgar, who helped line up the podcast, mentioned that you'll be traveling all over the place in October. Do you mm-hmm. have events coming up where you'll be speaking that listeners can catch you? I do, yeah. So in October, I'll be speaking at um, Lead Pages uh, Converted Conference in Minneapolis. And at uh, Copy Bloggers Digital Commerce Summit in Denver. 
And you mentioned earlier that, that you're hiring at Edgar. What are you looking for right now? We're looking, well, I don't know. We might have filled it by the time this goes live, but on the <laughs> development team, we're looking for um, a designer and a full stack developer. Um, we, we will also be looking to hire um, some copywriters soon for uh, an email specialist and a, and a website um, conversion specialist. Uh, and we're usually hiring on the customer service team as well. So everything, basically. <laughs> okay, nice. So when you've made some of these big changes to go from uh, web design to social media marketing and from social media marketing as a services firm to really creating a, a, a product or a software as a service tool. Are there big changes that you have found to be challenging as you've made the switch from in kind of mindset from one to the other? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and to clarify, we actually weren't doing uh, services at the business before this one. It was uh, like creating video training courses. Okay. So we didn't have clients that we were doing um, services for. Uh, I got so you. it still, yeah, it still wasn't a client model, but it was a very different model sure. um, than what we do now. I mean, this, like I said, this is my first software business. So there's definitely been a ton of learning for me about how that's different. I mean, one thing with software. So when we were creating courses, you know, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't go wrong in the middle of creating them. Like you'd create a script, you know, you'd write a script, you'd record the video, edit the video, and then it's done. Where, and, and that was the product that we were selling, right? Mm -hmm. Where now the product that we're selling, it's like, okay, we want to get this done. You know, there's four different ways that we can do it. We started down one path and then it wasn't really working out or it caused some other kind of like unexpected effect somewhere else. So we're going to start over and we're going to do it again. And again, not being a developer myself and being new to this world, I was just kind of like, what? No, like, no, just, just like do it. <laughs> you know, just, just fix it the first time. I just didn't understand how inherently different it is and how creative it is to, to write code. Right. It's not just, okay, do this. There's one way to do it. There's, there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of different choices. Um, and so like I've had to really understand a lot more about that side and also learn a lot about how you make product decisions because Although I had the initial idea for a product, uh, this being my first thing, I didn't know necessarily how to make that idea come to life in a way that would be the easiest to use and the most intuitive um, and all those kinds of things. And there, I think a lot of people will kind of think like, okay, I have, you know, the common thing is like, I have an idea for software, I'll go overseas and just get it developed and then it'll just be done. Um, anyone who's ever tried to do that, I don't know. I've never really seen that work out exceptionally well if the person having it built is not is not technical or doesn't have that that kind of background because uh, it is a much more it's not just like you write the spec and then it's done you know things change and evolve and things improve as you go along so in that way it's just very different than what I was doing before um, but that part of it is also really fun as well yeah and you you mentioned earlier in the episode kind of making changes based on feedback that you get from, from yeah. Edgar users. How do you decide what's actionable and what's maybe not something that will serve the you know larger needs of the, of the entire community? Yeah. So the bottom line for us is all about that uh, metric of increasing traffic from social. So social is kind of weird because there's so many different things you do on social media and there's so many different tools that do these things. You know, there are some tools out there just for finding influencers on social there's some tools just for 
providing customer service via social. So these are all important things, and, and these are all things that our customers ask for. Uh, but you know, those aren't things that help you increase your traffic, and they aren't things that go along with our core value promise of put in a library of content and we'll just take care of sending it out for you. Uh, so if something is outside the scope of that, for now, we decide not to do it. I mean, social media is a constantly evolving space. You know, It's not the type of business where you can say, oh, yeah, we just know exactly what we're going to do for the next 10 years. I mean, we'll see what happens with how uh, marketing trends go, how businesses are using social media, and, of course, what the social networks decide to do. Yeah, and the, the social media networks that Meet Edgar serves are Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook? That's correct. Okay, nice. Well, Laura, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about the art of the pivot and your experience as the founder of Meet Edgar. Thank you, Will. If you'd like to learn more about Laura Roeder, you can follow her on Twitter at at LKR. Laura's personal website is www.lauraroeder.com. That's R-O-E-D-E-R. You can learn more about Meet Edgar and, of course, sign up to use it at www.meetedgar.com. Meet Edgar's home on Twitter is at Meet Edgar. If you liked what you heard on this episode of The Innovation Engine, please do us a solid and help spread the word about the podcast on your social media network of choice. If you choose to do so on Twitter, don't forget to mention at LKR and at 3Pillar Global with the number 3. Many thanks to Julia Slattery for the assistance with editing and content around this episode of the podcast. And many thanks also to Jesse from the Meet Edgar PR team for all of her help getting this episode lined up. Thanks last but not least to you for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time. The Innovation Engine podcast is produced by 3Pillar Global a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. You can subscribe to the Innovation Engine on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. And you can also ensure that you never miss an episode by going to 3pillarglobal.com podcast and subscribing to receive fresh episodes in your inbox each time one comes out. You can also download our very own iOS app by going to the iTunes App Store and searching for the Innovation Engine podcast. If you like what you hear on the Innovation Engine and you live in the world of product and software development, you may like our sister podcast, Take 3. Head on over to soundcloud.com slash take3pillar with the number three to hear my partner in crime, Julia Slattery, talking with three pillar team members to get quick takes on the trends, technologies, and tools that are changing the way software gets made and business gets done. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.